Hello, my friend, and welcome back to Squidge the Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about the future of your dreams. Just recently, I was speaking with my coach about my own future and kind of the scarcity that was surrounding it. And she asked me one very simple question, which I am going to share with you today on this podcast. If you are somebody that's maybe had a hard time visualizing your future, or you know what you want, you just think that it's incredibly overwhelming to get there, then this podcast is going to be for you. So without hesitation, let's jump right in. Welcome to Squidge the Podcast, Season 2. I am so excited to bring you another season of conversations that confront the squidgy feelings that make us want to cry, cringe, quit, and create chaos. It's in these squidgy spaces that we can choose to empower ourselves to move closer to our authenticity or revert back to old ways of thinking and being. My name is Terry Hofford, and as a body image educator, author, photographer, and podcast host, I am no stranger to feeling squidginess in both my personal and professional life. And I am so jazzed to have you here as I bring you episodes featuring my own experiences with the squidge. But I'm also going to introduce you to some more of my amazing friends who have empowered themselves through their own squidginess to achieve great things. From topics ranging from body image to entrepreneurship, to motherhood to travel, there is something here for anyone who is, well, human. So I recently saw a meme that said something along the lines of, when people talk about traveling to the past, they worry about radically changing the present by doing something small, but barely anyone in the present really thinks they can radically change the future by doing something small. And this blew my frickin' mind. Like, I'm not even joking when I tell you I reshared that thing so fast. You see, we tend to think that one small change today won't make a big enough impact for the future, right? Like, we'd rather just sit and scroll on our phones or do whatever instead of maybe just making a post just because it's one post, right? But if the Back to the Future series taught us anything, it's that even a small change in your day can impact the rest of your life. And I think about this even in terms of my own physical journey. Um, You know, it was during the pandemic when I heard a really loud voice in my head say, you better get walking. Um, Because my body had been in such a state of um, chronic stress and no movement because I was just working all the time and so on that I'm afraid that if I did not listen to that voice, you know, I'm not sure what would have happened. And I remember that first week being so incredibly painful. Like, you want to talk about squidginess? From being a former athlete to being unable to walk without searing pain going down my shins uh, was very humbling, to say the least. But I knew that if I didn't just get myself outside and even just do one lap around the condo, I knew the outcome would have been very different. And now to this day, I've been walking almost every day. And I don't set a time limit. I don't set uh, how far I have to go. I just get outside and I just go. And that one small change impacted the rest of my life. 
So how can we apply this type of thinking? Because a lot of the times, especially when we're younger in our 20s and 30s, it can be harder for us to even think about the future, especially in this current economy. But it can be hard for us to think about the future and imagine that what we do today will impact that. But as you get older, the future gets a little closer to you and you start to recognize like, oh, I've only got X amount of time left, so I'd better catch up on this. And I'm starting to realize that the things we do today, even if we won't see the impact of it, you know, three, five, ten years down the line, uh, is incredibly important. So we want to think about, imagine that we are currently in the past. What is the future that we want and what do I need to change today to create that future for me? So let's, why is this even important to me? Why am I even talking about this? So I've been working with a coach. Um, maybe you had listened to the interview I did with her last season uh, with Camille, uh, who does Abundance Breakthrough. I believe you can still use the code to check her out. I highly recommend her. She is freaking amazing. But anyways, I've been working with her for the last like few months by the time you listen to this. And it has been incredible to realize that I'm not in the process of accepting my fate, but rather I'm in the process of creating it within the things that I have control over, of course. And just one of the weeks, a few weeks ago, I mentioned to her that I was struggling with these feelings of scarcity around the future because when I look ahead at my calendar, like six months from now, it's empty. I don't know what's happening next year. A lot of the things that I you know, could normally count on every year. They're changing and restructuring, so I probably won't have those. That income coming in, so naturally my scarcity flared up again. And this time of year always brings up scarcity feelings for me anyways. I think a big part of it has to do with the fact that my family were farmers, so gearing up for harvest time, there's a lot of stress, getting ready, um, you know, you don't, your money's coming to an end because you don't get your money until after the harvest is done, etc. So I could imagine that part of that stress and this like scarcity feeling comes from that, but it's also for me as well. So I mentioned to her that I was having these feelings for the future and I, I told her that I still didn't really have a defined idea or clarity about what it is I should be doing. And that's where I made my first mistake. As I said, I don't know what I should be doing. <laughs> and she simply looked at me with a, like a little bit of a, uh, a, a grin and she said, well, what do you want it to look like? And her question literally stopped me in my tracks. Like, I was like, wait, what? Here I was worrying about the fact that there was nothing planned. And it's simply because I wasn't giving myself direct direction to plan it the way that I wanted. You know, I was fearful that the way that I wanted to plan it just wouldn't be right. Or there's hesitation that what I want to do for my life isn't high profile enough. It isn't proper. It isn't the way I should be doing it, that I'm wasting my potential. Maybe it's not what my parents had planned for me. Shit, it wasn't what I had planned for me. And so I ha I wasn't giving myself direction into what that should look like. And the overwhelmingness of that just kind of like froze me a little bit. 
So Camille asked me again, she said, Terry, what do you want it to look like? Like, you get to create this. It's not just going to happen, like, whatever. If you change nothing, like, things will happen, but you're not really empowered in that decision. So, like, let's start talking about what you would, in an ideal world, what do you want next year to look like for you? And I'm sure she could see the fainting goat expression that I had where I looked like I was going to flop over. My brain locked up. And a big part of that was because it didn't feel safe to say what I wanted to at first. So being the great coach that she is, she coaxed me into it slowly. She took me back and got me a little closer to the present and said, okay, so you basically have the rest of this year planned up until Body Image Boot Camp. That ends around mid-November. So what is going to happen after Body Image Boot Camp? And so I walked her through. I said, well, I know I definitely want to rest because after I do something like that where I'm giving a lot of myself and I'm speaking a lot and I'm around people a lot, I like to retreat. So I said, okay, I just want to rest and take some time during the winter season to recuperate from Body Image Boot Camp and traveling and spend some time with my family. Um, and it's winter, you know, I live in Winnipeg, so it's not a highly motivational month for many people. <laughs> she said, okay, so that takes us to January. So what would a perfect January look like for you? And we continued on this way, her taking me one step at a time instead of looking at the larger year picture, I was looking at the months. By walking through the month by month, we could look at what needed to be done now to ensure I could have the months and year that I desired. And I think one of the things that we forget about is how we ideally want to feel. I think part of what got me stuck in like not knowing what was happening or the scarcity around, oh God, I don't know what's coming, was that I didn't ever stop to ask myself, well, how do I want to feel next year? And yeah, I do like the word of the year situation in January, but now that I think about it, that's kind of like last minute application of a strategy. Um, because if I chose like this year in January, I said, okay, my word of the year is going to be healing. I had to start thinking about healing then. So I pretty much wasted the first like three months trying to figure out what that would look like, right? Or not wasted, but I just like, I took three, about three months to kind of settle into, okay, what does healing look like for me? Um, what needs to happen? What kind of systems do I need to get in place? Da -da 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 -da. And I had all read that took up three months of the year. Whereas if I had asked that same question at this time, last year in August of 2022 or September of 2022, I would have had the rest of 2022 to figure out, okay, how do I set myself up so once January hits, I can start the healing process. So let's use that for my plan for next year. So my goal for 2024 is the word ease. Like I want it to feel easy and I just want it to feel good and e easy, ease. I want ease. I want everything to happen. I want me to manage it with ease. I want um, things to slide off my back easier. Like I just, I don't want to force things. I, I want it to be easy, right? So I need to start creating strategies now to make sure that I'm set up for success. And a great example of this is that my husband and I are pretty sure that we're going to be moving in the fall of 2024. So if I do nothing, 
right like I normally or not nothing I do things but like if I don't think about okay I want it to be easy and we're going to be moving I'm going to procrastinate the steps it takes to sell a house to buy a house to um, get ready to move to packing up things to getting rid of things to cleaning and so you know July is going to roll around next year and I'm going to be stressed the hell out because I put off the things, the strategies needed to make that an easier process for myself, right? So what can I do? So I asked myself this question, like, what is something I could start doing now in 2023 that's going to make moving easier in 2024, so, for example, we just got rid of some stuff. My sister and brother-in-law are having a garage sale, so I sent them with a truckload of stuff. But the process has now begun because I've started rooting up things in order to make that happen. So now I'm starting to think like, okay, what are some things I can get rid of this year? What are some things I can let go of? What do I want to streamline? What kind of house am I envisioning for the future? Like, I could start strategizing for basically a year from now, um, what I want that to look like and how I want to feel during that process. So here's basically broken down into steps because this is my brain works on like a filter system or like a funnel system. It's just that strategy seems to work well for the way my brain works because I can always see the big picture, but I do need to have it broken down into smaller steps so I don't get overwhelmed. So here's how I planned it. Okay, number one, ask myself how I want to feel at the end of 2024. I already mentioned I want to feel at ease with anything that comes along. So for you, that's step one. Ask yourself, how do you want to feel at the end of 2024? So not the end of this year, but the end of the following year. Right, in an ideal world, we're thinking ideals here. So in an ideal world, at the end of 2024, what do you want to feel like? So the second step is very important. You need to be honest with yourself. So now this is something that I just kind of did for me and it seemed to create a bit more uh, with comfort or a feeling of safety, I guess would be the best way to put it by asking these questions, is I was honest with myself through journaling and visualizing kind of what the process was that I wanted about the pace of life that would support this feeling. So when I talk about a pace, I think it's really important for us. We get caught up in kind of the pace that other people are moving at, right? And we think like, oh, I'm not moving as quickly as my peers or they're doing things differently. But each of us has our own pace. And this was a very important question for me to ask myself because I'm someone who used to push things. Like I would hustle, hustle hard. And then, you know, and it wasn't until this year where I really didn't think that I was able to make the living that I desired without hustling hard. But if my word is ease, hustling and pushing and, you know, pulling doesn't really go with that. So I need to understand what pace and what pace works for me that's going to be required for me to create the life that I want. So I have to be honest about how much I want to create during the year, how much I want to teach, how much I want to manage, how much I want to relax, etc. 
And for me, when I think about all these different phases, they do require different things for me. For example, my creation and teaching phases tend to require a heavier energetic pace. Management phases, so I've already maybe uh, put out the content, I just need to manage it and market it and things like that. That requires me to be more consistent, so it's not so much a burst of energy, it's more of a consistent everyday doing. And then my relaxation phases require me to pull away altogether. So this, all of these things together create my pace. And for me, if I know like I want an easy pace to my life next year because we might be moving, because there's all these things happening, then I know that I maybe will create and teach a little less than I would in previous years and maybe in future years. And maybe I just more next year is more about managing the things that I've already created and already put out and how much I want to relax. I mean, if ease is my word, relaxation has to be in there. And when I talk about relaxation, I just mean not working. So that could be spending time with family, getting out into nature, um, you know, yeah, those are the main things, really doing hobbies and crafts that are not monetized, etc. Um, so knowing what kind of pace that works for me allows me to go into step three. And step three is honoring the rhythms that work best for you, or in my case, in this case, what rhythm works best for me based on the way I've done things in the past. So what I realized about myself is that I am not great being in two places at once. And what I mean by that is wherever I am, I want to be there 100%. Previously in the past, I was running a photography business in addition to teaching body image boot camp, for example. And I'd be in Mexico doing body image boot camp stuff, but my brain would be half worried about the clients I had to serve as soon as I got home. So because of that, I wasn't fully able to be present at Body Image Bootcamp because part of my brain was consumed with things that were happening elsewhere. That doesn't work for me. And the thing is, can I do it? Yeah, but I didn't like it. It actually brought me a lot of stress when I think back to those moments. And I literally remember saying about four years ago, like, ah, wherever I am, I just want to be there. I don't want to have to worry about what's happening anywhere else. I just want to be in this one space. Now, there's a lot of ways to manage that because even if you do, let's say you do have a photography business and you want to be somewhere else, but you're like me and you're like, I can't be in two places at once. You can hire people to take care of things while you're gone. So that way you can be fully present wherever you are. Uh, for me, that's not really, I don't know, that's not really something that I enjoy because that's just not how I work, but that will work for some people. So that's one way you can still accommodate that uh, and keep the multiple businesses because maybe you enjoy that. So for example, for myself, mine has to look more rhythmic. When I'm in a writing phase, I only want to focus on writing. I don't want to think about photography clients. I don't want to think about making money through other, uh, you know, revenue streams aside from the passive ones. I don't want to think about marketing things. I literally just want to be able to sit down and write my book. 
If I'm traveling and teaching, I want to be pres presently there. I don't want to have to worry about what's happening elsewhere or, oh, I should be writing in my novel right now or, oh, I should be recording podcasts right now or like all of those things. If I'm traveling and teaching, that's where I am. So this allows me to honor my pace, okay, because I'm able to structure out my months and years in a way that is rhythmic instead of balls to the wall year round like I used to. So again, we have our feeling that we want to feel for the next year. Then we say, what kind of pace of life would support this feeling? Then we say, okay, how do I slot that into the rhythm that works best for me? So if I know I want next year to be easy for myself, and the pace of life that I enjoy is more, you know, start and stop kind of thing. Then the rhythm that I create for myself will have to be part of that, which means that maybe, you know, January, this is just as a very easy example, January I travel, February I take the month off uh, to do something else, writing, writing workshops, whatever. Um, March is uh, usually WPPI happens in that time, so maybe I'm teaching a workshop, I'm traveling for that workshop, so I'm very heavily focused on education and photography and traveling, and maybe I'll book a bunch of travel in that month. So then April comes along, and that's a, pr a good time for me to relax again. And then May happens, and then I launch body image and then body image boot camp happens and while all of these things are intermittent every second month is maybe a travel every other second month is going to be a relax and that could also be a travel let's be honest for me but but it allows me to create a rhythm that supports me and one of my biggest affirmations in order for me to feel ease is that I rest as hard as I work because before I didn't rest at all so once I have that rhythm, then it's time to bring numbers into the equation. And this is where I ask myself, okay, ideally, how much do I want to make by the end of the year? Uh, and this could be based on other goals that you have. For example, I have a goal that I'm going to save half a million dollars before I'm 45, uh, which is in five and a half or four, four and a half years now. I have to save half a million dollars. And so I have to crunch the numbers, figure out how much is that per year, and then figure out how I'm going to make that happen. So once I have that big round number, then I look at all the ways I want to create revenue. This is important because there are a lot of ways to create revenue, but they're not necessarily ways I want to create revenue. Does that make sense? Right? So for me, this looks like, for example, I want my online education, my uh, self-paced courses to be 35% of my revenue. I want my in-person and education retreats to make up 50% of my revenue. And I want my book sales to be about 10% of my revenue. And then additional revenue streams such as fine art prints, um, you know, my universe decides cards and the clothing that I sell and the money I make off of those can come out to about 5%. So just like additional income um, and bonus income is that makes up the other 5%. Again, by being honest and aware of these percentages, this now allows me to go into each of these revenue streams and consider how I can maximize its potential while staying true to my pace and rhythm. If I know, okay, my in-person education retreats are going to be 50% of my income 
and I need to make, we'll say, $200,000 a year, and I want 50% of that to come from that, how many retreats and educational things is that going to, in-person things is that going to be, what does that look like, how can you increase the value to make sure you make it worth that amount, how can you start marketing it now so that way it becomes that, like what do you need to do now to make sure that happens. Same thing with online education. Okay, that's a self-paced thing. How often do I have to let people know that this education exists? Because that is something I used to... I'm not really great at that because I am future-driven. I am future-focused and I forget about the stuff I've already done that... People just don't, some people that start following me don't even know that it exists because I'm not talking about it. So knowing this, saying like, no, I want my online education to bring 35% of my revenue, that means that I need to be telling people that it exists, letting them know the value, letting them know what's included, etc., etc. So, but I don't know any of that if I don't know any of that. So it's important for us to sit down and have these numbers brought into it. Once we have these specific goals in mind, then it's time to say, what are three things that I can do today that are going to help me get closer to this future and ask this question daily? So every day that I work, that is the question that I ask now in order to create the future that I want for myself. What are three things I can do today that are going to help me get closer to this future that I dream of? Right, And that can look as simple as send an email, um, look into locations for the next retreat that I want to offer, uh, sit down with Beth and do a cost of doing business, um, gather testimonials from other people, uh, do a podcast interview with so-and-so. You know, we just want to figure out like what are the steps that I can do that are going to help me move forward. And I think one of the biggest thing that keeps us stuck in like our ruts or comfortability, even though we feel uncomfortable in that, is this overwhelmingness of doing something new and doing something we've never done before, especially if it challenges what you previously believed about yourself or success. For example, for me, like I didn't think it was possible to make money and have an easy life. I thought those were exclusive, that they could not coexist together. And this year has taught me that that's just not the case. So sometimes we just need to sit down and look at that first step and go from there. Personally, my brain works best in this funnel system. Start big. How do you want to feel? And then filter it down, down, down to the bare bones. This is the same process I go through in terms of coaching, right? Where I ask a question, what's the thought that's hanging you up? And then what are you making it mean? And down, 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 down until we get to the core of it. And previously, I was capable of seeing the big picture and just jumping in all willy-nilly. But I'm not going to lie, since lockdowns and, you know, 2020, um, like, I notice my resistance now and hesitation to go all in right away because there's so many new questions that I didn't ever really think about. Like, I didn't consider contingency plans. I didn't consider, you know, if I had to refund people, I was just like, this is amazing. Let's go do it. Um, and I never had to think about that until it was taken away um, in, you know, in the lockdowns that happened. So now I have to think about the things a bit more. 
So part of being someone who is an achiever and a futuristic person, I have this desire also to just get there, in quotes. Like, not realizing that as soon as I am there, I'm already thinking about the next there, or even worse, the there doesn't exist at all. Right? So having a plan, albeit a flexible one, that can keep me coming back to what are three things I'm doing today can hold me to this, my only job is to show up. Because no matter how small those things are, they're going to help you stay focused and feeling like you're making progress. Part of the human condition is that our ability to get bored is real good. So if we can get our dopamine from feeling successful and crossing things off a list in a way that's meaningful to us, the less likely we are to float aimlessly feeling like we aren't moving at all. So with that, I want to ask you, what does your dream year look like? Better yet, what does it feel like? And apply the steps that I mentioned to help you get clear on the impact you have today because it will help you create your dream as a reality for you in the future. All right, feel free to let me know if you do the process. Let me know what is the dream, what is the feeling, what are we working towards? Um, because I get just as excited hearing what other people are working towards. Uh, yeah, and I'm really good at strategizing once we have an idea of where you want to go. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for hanging in there, my friends, and good luck with dreaming, future planning, all that good stuff, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Oh my gosh, I hope that episode left you with some delicious info and action steps to take to help you move through your squidgy feelings. I would love it if you could like, share, and leave a review as it helps other people find this content. In addition to that, I'm excited to tell you about the Patreon membership where our members go to get even more good stuff. I'm talking challenges, weekly posts, images that have never been seen, and a little FaceTime from yours truly. Of course, with a focus on mindset, body image, and creativity, we are going to get into all the squidginess about what it means to be a human. You can check out the different membership options at patreon.com forward slash Terry Hofford, as well as at the link in the show notes. 